leave the music there. We're going to go to the scripture. We're going to go to the, um, first of all, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. Isaiah, chapter 40, we will read from verse O Zion, that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Mark chapter 6, verse 34, just one verse. If you don't get there in your Bible, you can look on the screen. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey them which have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. Paul speaking on behalf of the ministry. Verse 20, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to him be, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we've had a busy service, but we've appreciated the liberty, the singing, the worship, the attentiveness, we appreciate the gifts that you've placed in this body. Now, Lord, we're turning to the Word of God, the Word that you left us knowing we would be here in 2022, the Word that, Lord, we're, we're opening before us. Lord, no man can, can really open this, 
understanding. That's you, Lord. No man can give revelation. That's you. We can read it, but Lord, now we're asking, may you do the supernatural in this service. Lord, make the word life in us, O God. Lord, as we would open it, as I would share scriptures and thoughts, but Lord, you alone can bring it to the individual. Grant it, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. Ethan, can I ask you just to play that, that put that video clip on? I, I wanted to play this earlier, but I just want to show it to you quickly. Um, this is in Malawi. This is a convention they just had this last week. And I, I was just thinking of the liberty. They're a little different in their liberty there. But I just want to play this quickly. This is Brother Paddington. He's a brother who's been there very many years. He's a faithful servant of God. He's been a blessing. He's been a stability. He's what I call the Don Bablets of that country. And I just want to just play this clip. They're having a convention. And this was their worship. Just, just to play this, if you will. <laughs> Maybe you just have enough liberty to tap your toes. That's a good place to start. Maybe you have enough liberty to wear a bright fluorescent orange tie. That's pretty good too. Maybe your liberty is to nod your head. Whatever your liberty is, enjoy the presence of God. Does that sound good? <laughs> Amen. I want to speak this morning on the way of the good shepherd. And uh, speaking much of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then, the Lord willing, I want to speak next weekend on the way of a true shepherd, speaking on an earthly reflection. But I want to take this, and I need to take a little time with it, and I'd like to do that. And um, if we talk about the way, because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when you talk about a way, there's a nature, there are characteristics, there's a manner associated with a certain way. When you looked at this video clip and you saw all these brothers and sisters that were singing and doing it, that's a way that's associated with a lot of our brethren overseas. Brother Bram say they can worship with a liberty that we can't sometimes. I'm glad to be a part of them. I'm glad to be a part of you. And, and that's not to put a heavy on anyone. Just be liberal. Whatever it is, not, not the political party, be, be liberal in your worship, Okay. Man, I, I caught myself quickly on that one. Okay. Brother Bannerma spoke a message on the way of a true prophet. And when he spoke that, he spoke of the prophets in the Bible, and he spoke of those prophets, and there was certain characteristics associated with them. So when, when we look at that, and even Brother Branham himself that was always evolving, coming higher. And, and even when Brother Branham went under pressure and then he thought, I'm just going to go in the wilderness like the prophets of old, the Lord had to correct him and say, you're called to a higher order. You're not called to just go in the wilderness. I've called you to a greater position. 
So all of these things in the Old Testament, you know, I, every time I look at the Bible and, and our prophet would tell us, look for every verse to see Jesus Christ. Because if you can't see that, you've missed something. And I look for his nature. I look for his nature in the law, in the prophets, in the events that happened, and in the different things. You know, and I believe those are there so that we would understand not just words intellectually, but that we would know the spirit and the nature of Christ. When two disciples went down the road to Emmaus, their eyes were withholden that they could not see that this was the resurrected Jesus. But as they walked with him and as he opened the word, as he fed them, as he broke the bread of life, as their hearts burned within us, and then finally when they constrained him, they saw the Lord. But he was with them all the time. We can't look and trust with our natural eyes, our natural understanding. It has to be on a spirit level that we understand the nature of God. The devil will carnalize things, but we want to look at it through the eyes of God. And sometimes we ourselves carnalize things. I do. All of us do. God help us. Make us Christians. That doesn't mean you're super spiritual. You're in, you're in this earth for a reason. You've you got to be natural. So the Bible would say, or the, the Bible says it, the law was a shadow of good things. And so there was principles God was making known that were to be made real in this day. Now, I want to take this service today, and, and I'm, as I mentioned, I'm taking this title, but I, I want to take maybe today more the characteristics of God, because the Bible would refer to him as a shepherd, and he's referred to as the good shepherd. He's referred to as the great shepherd. He's referred to as the chief shepherd. So, so this is how God identified himself. Now, if there's a shepherd, there has to be sheep. How many are sheep this morning? And, and I'm, I'm going to I, I, I'm, I'm going to bring it to the way Brother Branham did, but he would say this because... Um, and, he, and he would say it, you know, a sheep is one of the most helpless animals there is on all the earth. He says, a lamb is the meekest and gentlest of all the beasts. There's nothing gentler. God likened us to sheep. The reason, the, the one thing he says, I've raised sheep. Sheep are not self-sustaining. Listen to this word. You might be... Uh, a Christian born, but you don't have in yourself what you need. You need to have another source. That source is not just the church, but it is the church. That source is, is, is we've got tapes, we've got a prayer life, we've got brethren, we've got the Bible, we've got all of these things, but it's there that we can grow, we can be led, that the shepherd, the chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus can be over us. So he would say, sheep are not self-sustaining. They cannot take care of themselves. Okay, now listen. We have come through two years of COVID. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go right to it this morning. 
We have come through two years of COVID, and COVID introduced a world to us of streaming, a world that we, and we live in an age where knowledge has increased. We can pick up there, we can pick up there, and God, and that's all wonderful. But it doesn't replace what God has, that you're a part of a body somewhere, and that you benefit that body by being there and helping that body. And I would say, there were brethren years before. It's not just the minister that's preaching this. You benefit your brother and sister. I used to sit maybe back where Brother Ed Schmidtke was, and, 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 and where right now where Sister Naomi, where you are, Sister Kara, that's where Brother Lawrence Kesser sat. And I looked, and every time I came to church, when I saw Lawrence Kesser there, that was a rock. That was a pillar. That helped me in in ways he never came up here saying specials. He never came up here and preached. He had occasionally came to prayer. But that brother was a blessing to me because he was always there. I like that. Okay, I ought to get more amens here. Do you believe that? There's something we all bring to a service. But this world has conditioned us. What can I get out of it? What can I sponge off of everybody else? I think you've got to recognize if you've got God in you, you've got something to give. And you ought to give it to all you can. Now, he would say, he can never, if, he, if a sheep gets lost, he's just done. That's all. He can never find his way back. He's totally helpless and lost. You may say, all right, I'm mature enough, Brother Ed. I've been around. You might be, but I'll tell you what. You carry that attitude too long, and God will let you fall. And he will make it to a place that you recognize, I need you, Lord. And I need you in the way that you come to us. I'll tell you what. We need everything that God has for us. Brother Ed, you're here just promoting this church. No, I'm not. I am here promoting the Word of God this morning. And I'm saying the devil is a liar. And if you're carrying some of that, shame on you. You ought to amen every part of the Word of God this morning. I'm not going to tell you something different than is in the Bible. Uh, If I make a mistake, I'll own up to it. But it's not here promoting self. It's here promoting the Word of God. I'm interested in the health of the church of God. I'm interested in the health of the message going forward. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop there and just go into some scriptures. Now, go with me to Psalms chapter 23. Now, this is maybe one of the first things you ever t- heard in Sunday school. But I'll say some of us have left it there as a nice Sunday school verse. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot more to this than a Sunday school verse. Psalms chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I I believe this was written right for the age we live in. 
We are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I'm not finished this just by reading this. I'm, I'm going to just go into this a little bit. Now, I want you to think a little bit. The, when, when Jesus, or when God decided to display himself to man, it was in the office of Son of Man, Son of God, Son of David. But he identified David, and David was his, his kingly office. Son of man was his prophetic office. Son of God was his intercessory office. So, but as he talked about a king, and, and in, in, the, in the millennium, he's going to be known as son of David. Son of David is the king. He is to us right now son of man. He has been son of God through seven church ages, interceding for the ignorance of the, of the people. But he has come down becoming the son of man. Making himself known. That's the very marriage relationship. Is through a son of man ministry. And the marriage is here. Okay, now. Let's just take this for a moment. Now, he uses David. And David was a man after God's own heart. Now, if God had in his mind a David. And, and really, God had a David in his heart, even when Saul was anointed. Okay, so Saul was anointed. He was the king. And he was, as, as, as Brother Brown put it, the people's choice. He was the tallest. He, he could look up to him. He was the one they'd all rally around. That's the one that everybody said, yeah, that's our king. Why? It looks a lot like, like, like the other nations. They got a king. We want a king. And our king is taller than your king. So take that. I mean, if that's the carnal kind of a boast we're talking about. But God let them have their king, Saul. And he actually gave Saul a chance. Now, I always find it very interesting. But when Saul was anointed, and he was anointed by the prophet Samuel, and Samuel anointed him, and, and Saul was anointed with a vial of oil. A vial. And, and, and a vial is, is on a different realm than and the others, but he was anointed with a vial, whereas David, when David was anointed, he was anointed with a horn of oil. And a horn signifies power, it signifies anointing, God already identifying who his choice was. David was God's choice. Even when Samuel the prophet came up there and he looked at all of them and he said, surely this is the one, a prophet, a man who's in touch with God. But he, he God said, no, that's not the one. The next one, the next one, the next one. No, it was none of them. And he, finally Samuel asked, don't you have any others? Yeah, we have one other, but he's in the sheep, sheepfold. Now, it's amazing that God would have David's roots way back there. Now, let's just go through this in a moment. So, we, we, we see this, and I'm going to read this uh, in the message, What is in Your Hand? God, is his business is to take care of his word. He watches over it to perform it. He's obligated to do it. 
He'll do it to any man or woman that will dare to take him at his word. Now, there was a little fellow one time, a little later on there, a little old shepherd boy named David, feeding his father's sheep. Now, what was he serving? In his father's house. He knew that the blessing of God was upon him. He knowed that God was with him. And David had been a little shepherd. And, and it says, now I thought of that about sheep and a, a shepherd. Why did he choose David? David was always talking about still waters and green pastures. He was the psalmist that wrote songs and played his harp. He must have been, a, there must have been something about David tending sheep. He must have been a real sheep herder. One time there was a bear run in and caught one of their sheep. He killed that bear. A lion came in and he caught that by the beard and he took a knife and killed that lion. See, it was sacrificing for his sheep. So from the very beginning, there was something in David that God saw as a characteristic I can work with, I can use that. It's going to happen. Now, he was willing to lay down his life for the sheep. He was a type of a good shepherd. He was the son of David, the real shepherd, the king shepherd over us. So, now I want you to think about this. So David, he's out there. He knew God. Now, he was the youngest. And, and according to the, 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 the Old Testament, um, the oldest had an inheritance that was double the others. The oldest had the birthright. The oldest had all of this. So as David was there, he was the youngest. So really, he didn't even have that much of a part in these sheep. David, he, he could have said, well, my oldest, I think it was Eliab or whatever it was, he says, he's got these, why should I really care? They're, they're not my sheep anyway, they're his. If something happens, so be it. But that was not David's attitude at all. David cared for something that was not his own. I'll tell you what, if you've got your own, if you buy a new car or something, I'll tell you what, you'll wash it, you'll take care of it, you'll make sure, you know, if your son comes to you and say, hey, i got to haul a load to the dump, can I use your car? What? You don't dare use my car. Why? When it's your own, it matters. But when it's not yours, what's your attitude? Friends, Christians don't just look on what's theirs selfishly. Christians look on what's God's. We all have a responsibility. Our responsibility is to the economy of God. That's not just the minister, but that's every one of us. We have a responsibility when we come to church to be a part of the church service, to worship with everybody, to pray with everybody, to be there for everybody. Well, they didn't call me today, so I'll just sit back. That ought not be our attitude. Whether they call me or don't call me, I'm into this service. That's a Christian. Now, so David could have said, well, you know what? I, I'm not really part of this program, but that wasn't David's attitude at all. Listen, do you think this training matters? Years later, David, when his son Absalom overtook his kingdom and he wanted to take it, and David's men said, let's fight him. Do you know what David's attitude was? No, we're going to leave this, 
Because we don't want bloodshed in Jerusalem. We don't want to harm God's people. And David said, I'll rather exit than cause any harm to God's economy. I'll tell you what, that's a real shepherd. That's somebody. He says, I I pray, Lord, if I ever lead somebody astray, just take me off the scene before that ever happens. Because, and even Brother Branham would say, I have confidence in Brother Branham. He says, how can I say anything wrong? A people that I love more than I love myself. That's a real shepherd. That's a real prophet. That's what we ought to look for, friends. Now, and it was David, actually, I think, God had an issue with, with, with the people. And so he caused his spirit to come on David and said, David said to Joab, number the people. Now, you actually read that. David did wrong. And God came to, and even Joab said to him, David, what are you doing this for? I, I don't know, I just want to do it. But it was actually God that put it on because he had an issue with the people. And, and so he says, David did it, and then when God came to punishment, he offered him three choices. And he says, you can have this, you can have this. And he says, and David's answer, but Lord, don't not your sheep. What are these sheep? Now, where did that come from? I'll tell you what, in times of pressure, what you have your roots. I'll tell you what, he that loves a little, loves much. Or he that loves, loves them a lot, shows it in the least of things. And I'll tell you what, the little things you go through, very early in my life, I realized I've got to be a tithe payer because that's a part of God's program. And when you're faithful in that, God gives you more. And God blesses you. Not that you're doing that to get blessings. You're just obedient, and after obedience, blessings follow you. And, and God will che- check if you're faithful. How will you handle this matter? How will you handle that? Somebody talks against you. Are you going to just talk back? I'll tell you what, there's a lot of tests along the way. David had, and even David, before he ever became king, he was running in the wilderness. Saul against him, doing all of these things. But it all started as a shepherd. As a shepherd. Just listen, I got to keep going with this here. So, he says, I was reading sometime here ago. This is in the message, God called man. Let Let me just skip this down a bit. I think of the rugged training he did to David. He didn't school him in a school, but he schooled him in his own school. David was a hunter and a shepherd. He was not contaminated with the things of the world. God has to get a man away from the things of the world so he can get him quiet, so he can listen to God, that still small voice. Even Brother Branham had to learn this. Brother Branham, who listened to the ministers, went to India before, or he went to South Africa before he went to India, who listened to his family. And then even later on, God says, you walk with too many. To walk with me, you need to walk alone. And God would say of a God-called ministry, you need to be in a place where you're not just taking a political poll of what's going on, but you're hearing from God, and you're listening to God. And that's what we ought to look for. Lord, we want to hear your voice. We prayed, Lord, Brother Cadre is coming. Speak through him. And he spoke through him. Now, he says, one day, God permitted a bear to come in. Oh, God permitted a bear to come in? Yeah. To get one of his sheep because he wanted to pull something out of David. Oh, my 
You mean it wasn't, you know, it just wasn't good? No. God knew that there was a shepherd's heart there, and he allowed the bear to come in to see the shepherd's attributes come on display. And it says, no doubt but what he prayed, because later he confessed it, and he prayed. He was the caretaker over that sheep. He could not lose that sheep. He must save that sheep at all price. And he grabbed his little slingshot and took after that bear and killed him. You see what God was training him for? Oh, friends. You know they have a thing in the Bible. It's called a hireling. He's not the same as a shepherd. A hireling is hired. All he, a hireling is concerned about is wages. A hireling is concerned about, okay, I punched in, I got to punch out. He doesn't go beyond it. He's a union man. If you're a union man, forgive me. Yeah, it's, no, this is not in my job description. Friends, we are all called to be a part of something. As I said earlier, our, our, our care isn't just about the church, but it's about the testimony we give. The example that we leave behind us in how we handle a situation at work, how we handle our conversation with believers, how we handle ourselves on social media, how we handle ourselves. God's watching everything. And I say, let, you know, as I spoke to the young people, one thing God's hate is somebody who is froward, not forward, froward. Just continually pushing out there, pushing out there, pushing out there, pushing the buttons. The spirit of restraint. You need a governor sometimes. The governor is the Holy Spirit. I'll be quiet. I'll pray about it so my flesh doesn't answer back, so that my mind doesn't answer back, but that the spirit of God through me answers back. That's what I need. Friends, that's how the enemy works. He pushes buttons. He'll push my button. He'll push your button. He'll try and cause us to do things. But what we want is the Holy Spirit. My. Okay, so he says now, God wants his shepherds to save the sheep, regardless of what he has called and what he has to go through. Oh, my goodness. Save them sheep. Listen, I, I got to, it's just getting quiet, so I'm going to loosen up. Brother Henry Green was a pastor in uh, North Carolina, in Raleigh, North Carolina, I think, Rutherton, Rutherton. And he passed away. And when he passed away, the brother that worked with him was Brother Dan Daisley. How many remember Brother Dan Daisley? Brother Dan Daisley, I mean, he was gifted pianist. He, he could minister. He was like a traveling evangelist. He did those things. Well, all of a sudden, he had to take over the church. And it was just some months later, after taking over the church, he made this statement. If a man wants to be a pastor, he's either called or he's stupid. That was his words. <laughs> hey, that's the truth. Oh, out of all the ministries, what would you like to be? An eagle that just flies? Oh, yeah, yeah, an eagle's where it's at. Or even the man anointing, just, just you know, the intellect, just, oh, the words come out. Or, or even the lion. Hey, how about the ox? What a glamorous thing that is. I'll tell you what, if you had to pick those four, I guarantee you the ox is the last choice. Yeah, it is. But God put it in the program. 
Listen, as I'm speaking, there, there's, I, I'm not shining the mirror on you, but it's shining back on me. Shining back on all of us. Parents, ministers, it shines back on us. Hey, how many want to hear it truthfully? I want it truthfully. So he said, I, I, I could read more of this, but he talks about the training of David. Courage. God don't want cowards. He can't use you if you're afraid to take his word and believe him. He wants gallant men that don't pay no attention to nothing but what the, what the Lord says. That's the kind he has to move with. Regardless of what the church says, what the pastor says, what the church stands for, he stands for God and righteousness. And if the church stands for God and righteousness, we stand with them. And if the, church, if the pastor stands for God and righteousness, we stand with them. That's the men. That's how God in these last days will have the revival that his people are praying for. I like it. Okay. I, I, I really need to go a little further here with this. Okay. Ethan, can you put up the PowerPoint, please? So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a little time with this visually, descriptively. I think it's good sometimes to do this. Don't always do it, but, but sometimes it's good. It's good for us to think about things. It's good for us to, uh, for our children. It's, it's good for doing this. Brother Ed, this is so simple this morning. It's also very deep this morning. And sometimes we just gloss over. I, I heard Psalms 23 in Sunday school. Really? I think it's time to hear it again. Is that okay? I, I don't want to mock anybody by saying that. I'm just saying, let's not go over it. Okay. This is the psalm that we just read. Let's go this way. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, so the verse first. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. My, that is so contrary to the spirit of this age. I want this, and I want this, and I need this, and I, I, I deserve this, and I... Ah, my goodness. That, that is the spirit around us. Yeah, I deserve this. The spirit of entitlement. I deserve this. No, if you're a sheep, you're sacrificial. Saying, Lord, you know what I need. And Brother Brandon would say, in all his years of praying, he, he said, I prayed, and, and he says, and, and the Lord has, has, if he hasn't answered a prayer, he's told me why he hasn't answered the prayer, or in his good time he shows me, and I'll say, it's always for my benefit. When you are come to this condition, you go through a trial, you can say, Lord, thank you for the trial. I know it's doing something good for me. When you don't even feel like, I, Sister Catherine, you sang that song, worship. That, that's been a blessing to this church. You know, when you're going through a trial, simply worship. I'll tell you what, God is the creator. He deserves worship. He's way greater than us. Just worship. You want to take the, the wind out of the devil's sails? You allow the devil to cause somebody to say something against you? You allow the devil to do this? And you want to get angry at that person? Or you want to feel sorry for yourself? But when you kneel down to pray, you just raise your hands and say, Lord, I love you. You're my God. You're my shepherd. I shall not want. You fight my battles for me. I'll tell you what, there is something in this for every one of us. Worship him. He's my shepherd. He knows he takes care of me. He takes better care than I take care of myself. I shall not want. I, Lord, minister to me. Minister to us. It's not what I want. When you actually can come to a place and you can rest and say, Lord, 
If it doesn't work out the way I want, thank you. If it is what you want, if you want this, thank you. Whatever you decide. There's a rest associated with that. So the Lord is my shepherd. I use some visuals here. Now, I, I want you to think a shepherd is one of the oldest professions there is in the Bible. And this is a, a pictorial just like of the Lord. And, and I, I, I want you to think that way a little bit this morning. But we're all following him this morning. Or we're following something. And Paul would actually say, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, you can follow Paul. Oh, Paul, you're like, you're, I like the way you are, Paul. You just blast people. You tell it out. I like that. And they pick up on the natural spirit, but they don't see the Holy Spirit behind it. It's not good enough to just say, I'm following the message by William Branham, the man. I like hunting Therefore, I'm a believer. <laughs> We're coming to hunting season, okay? That, that, that's nice, but I'll say this. It's more than that. And, and if you follow the natural part, and there's a lot of believers that have focused and say, if Brother Branham was here, if the Spirit of God that was in Brother Branham was here, and that Spirit is here, it will be doing what he wants to do. And it won't be just through one vessel. It'll be through a many-membered body. Through the order that God has left us. Yeah. Yeah. He's the shepherd. His eyes are always watching. He's, he's looking. Can I say this? He's for you. He's looking for your best interests. Even when you yourself aren't, even when we're not faithful, he's faithful. Even when Brother Branham was going to answer a question because he had to hurry and the Holy Spirit stopped him and he said, Is this the bride? He said, No, it's not. And, he, and then all of a sudden, Who was watching over him? The Holy Spirit. Who's watching over us now? Oh, Brother Ed, you got this figured out. You got that. No, I got nothing figured out. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. I'm leaning on him to speak service by service. I'm leaning him to use Brother Max tonight. I'm leaning on him to use these brothers that come through. We want to hear his voice. We want to see the chief shepherd. That's all a part of it. So, he, his eyes are in every place, beholding the good and evil. So, with all of that, Brother Bram would say, a Christian faith is based solidly on rest. A Christian is not tossed about. So this is the message, why are Christians so tossed about? 1956, as Brother Branham is coming off the field, he starts to speak a series of messages about the outer court, the inner, and the most holy court. And he said, too often Christians don't come to the holy of holiest. He said, a Christian doesn't run from place to place. A Christian doesn't fuss. Okay, let, let the words just soak in. Have I been, any of these categories apply to me? He doesn't fume. You know, you might be able to hide it in your face, but the smoke coming out from your ears is very telltale. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's not just because you ate hot peppers. Listen, and worry about things. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, friends, this is, this is so simple and so profound. If, you can, if we can find this place, it would change our lives. It's all finished for the believer at Calvary. That's right. Sickness may comes and disappointments, but the Christian is at rest knowing this. God is able to keep that which he's performed, knowing no matter what the thing is or how it looks, there's neither sickness nor sorrow nor death. There's neither starvation or anything that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Speaking of Paul's words, you know where Paul spoke those words? In a Roman prison. That's where he spoke those things. What can separate us? We're at rest. Just let the old ship toss any way she wants to. The anchor holds. Okay, let's, let's move on. Now, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Okay, now this is, now listen, David is the shepherd. He's, he's caught up. He sees how God is leading him and how it's benefiting the sheep and, and, and how these things are happening. And so now David, he, he, he sees that and now he's got this care and he brings the sheep into places where there's good food. You know, sometimes... I, I, need, I need to just bring this. And, and Brother Ram would speak about adoption in, in the adoption series. And he talks about the Holy Spirit as a tutor. And he's talking about, uh, you know, uh, he says, my son, how's my son doing? He says, well, he, he's leading the sheep into, into places where there's weeds and stuff. Oh, that's not good. The pulpit should never be used to, to bring political opinions, to bring agendas against anybody, to do any of those things. I say that for the pulpit. Also, our individual pulpit. I would say this, friends, and, and the enemy will use this, so, so now we don't face people pay, face to face, but we're very comfortable sitting back and taking shots sometimes. Friends, I, I'm saying that's a tactic of the enemy. Don't, don't go to that. Don't resort to that. I would say this, the message is not to be used. The message is not to be used. You know, I, I just, I just I, pardon me, I'm going to just share my burden for a moment. The message that we've been given was a message that's pure, that's holy, that's to be reverenced. It's not to be used to fire quotes at people. It's not to be used to give our opinions to people. I say this, if you need to comment on it, give a testimony. If you need to go further, use the message to admonish people. But if you have issue, don't, don't make your issue everybody's issue. I'd say, for people that have been around the message and have left it, far better. And I'd say, if I ever would be a deceiver... And Brother Brandon would say about himself, if I'd ever be a deceiver, I want to be the best deceiver I can be. That doesn't mean, you know, but he said, if I'd ever be a deceiver, I says, I, I, would, I would rather just walk away quietly than I would be to cause something to any, because the Bible says, if you offend one of these little ones. Oh, Brother Ed, you're just kind of getting, yeah, that's right. This is where we live. 
I'll tell you what, people have no problem globally just spouting off, I believe the sign. You don't believe the sign. If you believe the sign, you wouldn't do what you're doing. And then, and then they'll start posting internet things and services. Why the messenger was wrong. I'll tell you what, there's a boldness coming around. The message that's out there, but it also comes in here. I don't want that to be in here. I want there to be reverence. That doesn't mean you shut everybody up and climb them up. No, if you have a question, let's talk. But let's not just fire shots. Well, who are you speaking to, brother? I'm not speaking. I'm speaking to any one of us. And I've got to be more careful than anyone because I'm up here. And it can be perceived as that. God bless you, Brother Glenn. I don't want to be that way. And if you feel I'm that way, come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. If you have an issue with something that we're doing in this church, you start by approaching the individual. You don't start by broadcasting it. I'm being honest, friends. Don't succumb to it. And if it hurts you, let it hurt you. But be a Christian first. Anyway, I, I don't know how I, I'm, I'm, pardon me if I'm, if you feel it's wrong, come and talk to me. I'd, I'd like, to, I'd welcome that. But it, listen, he'll bring them into good pastures. We don't come to church to, to say, well, that slant is wrong, this slant is right. No, we just come and bring the word. Bring good word. Bring the food that has been given. We are stewards of the mysteries. So we want to bring the sheep into good food where they can grow. So he leads me. So what was it? Psalms 23. The second verse was, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And so still waters. Brother Branham refers to it in the message, Communion 1962. He says, a communion with the Lord is like an oasis in the desert. It's where the traveler coming by stops and drinks the water till he quenches his thirst. That's remembering the Lord. Coming by the order of the table, we come under his table, we drink of the blessings and the grace of his word and all of these things. That's the blessing of the Lord. So he says, where thirsty souls are satisfied. You know, one of the most blessed services we ever have is communion. You know, sometimes you're, you're coming, you're careful, you're checking up your life, you're doing all of these things. But actually, after you do it, you feel good. Why? Because you fulfilled the Lord, the will of the Lord. You've done what God asked you to do, and then you, you watch the Spirit pick it up in our fellowship around foot washing. You watch it pick it up in the songs that are sung after. That's the Spirit of the Lord. The three ordinances, baptism, taking of the table, and foot washing. What are they there for? To show that you are active with God and with His people. I, I'm, I'm, listen, I don't want to be telling you, just say, well, you know, you'll be okay without it. I got I to gotta have an obligation to tell you everything that God said. So it's a place of worship. I've, I've come, I've had to work. I've come sometimes on a Wednesday service. I've been tired, I've been working all day. I feel like I'm not even ready. And you know what? Sometimes it's then God pours out his grace. The service comes, it's a refreshing. All of a sudden, the brother's leading songs, and the song service takes off in another way. The, the, the words come out, and they're a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, God wants to bring us to those places. Does he chasten us? True. 
And I, I got to say, we got to be careful, brethren, and we that minister here, not every service is a chastening service. Sometimes you drop in predestination. Sometimes you drop in the goodness of God because that's His Spirit. That's His nature. You drop in encouragement. You drop in help. The full counsel of God. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's move on here. I want to, I, I, I read this article years ago, and it was actually in a Reader's Digest, and it was a, it was a man who was a Nevada sheep herder in a sheep ranch. And he actually had come from the eastern country and he had raised sheep. And, and as a reporter was coming to him one day, he began to speak how he used Psalms 23 as it related to the sheep. And he would say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says, sheep instinctively know that the shepherd has mapped out their grazing for tomorrow. He will take them to maybe new ground or old ground. But they rest in wherever he leads them. Oh, is that, oh man, that's wonderful. God knows what we need. Not every service is an evangelistic service. Not every service is an altar service. Some services are teaching services. Some are instructional. Some are basic living some of these things, why? They make up who we are and who God is to us. Now, he says, they don't worry. This is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. His guidance has been good in the past, and they have faith in the future. Brother Marion, you and I were just talking the other day, and we were just saying over the years how Brother Harold would take different series. He'd take the book of Corinthians or the book of Hebrews or take the seals or take the church ages. I would say those became formative for me as I grew up. I think as a church, they became formative of us, and I think there's times we do it. We have a number of brothers right now who have a Bible study. We're going through the book of Hebrews step by step by step. I think there's times we bring those things to the church. It's not the shouting, jumping service, but it is the Bible. It is sheep food. It, it, it gives you balance. It, it brings correction to you. Sometimes we ourselves, if we had to pick it, I don't want to hear that service, but the shepherd knows what's best. And I mean the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. And he'll lay it to the one who is there locally, and he'll bring it to a certain level. No, I don't always care. I, this wasn't what I expected today. Nobody said amen to that. Okay. Either you're scared or, or, you, or, you, or you, whatever. I'm not going to go into it. Anyway, he says, now, he makes me to lie in green pastures. The shepherd grazes from around sunrise till late morning. Then they lay down for three or four hours. They are contentedly chewing their cuds. The shepherd knows they're putting on fat. Consequently, the good shepherd starts his flock out in the early mornings on the rougher herbage, moving in the afternoon to the richer, sweeter grasses, finally coming to a place. So, in other words, if I take it that way, you have to work at the level that sometimes the church is at. And it's not just the mature ones, but there's young ones that are growing up. So sometimes we take baptism. Sometimes we take the basics and, and, uh, and of living and dressing right and having your heart right and sanctification. And then you can start to drop in some of the bigger things and the better things. But it's all part of the diet. Now let's just go on to the next one. I'm, I'm moving along. He restores my soul. He leads me 
in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now in the Holy Land, the, the shepherd would say, they would start, take his place in a grazing line in the morning. They would, the sheep would leave its place and go to the shepherd. The shepherd would stretch his hand as the sheep approached with expectant eyes and mild little baas. Okay, the shepherd rubs his nose with the ears, scratches his chin, whispers affectionately in its ear. Meanwhile, the sheep rubs against his leg. The shepherd is sitting down, nibbles at his ear, rubs its cheek. After a few minutes of communion, the sheep goes back to a feeding line. This isn't just about a school and a study. This is about a relationship. Lord, speak to me. Help me. Let's move on. I'm going to show it descriptively. A shepherd. Now he's got little ones. He's got big ones. But they come. There's an interaction that's happening. You know what I've appreciated about the years I came out and I listened to tapes and I went out on my own. I went in the wilderness. But as God began to move and I took some of the first conventions and I met some of the brothers from overseas, I realized I needed to be part of a church. And when I came and I was part of this church and and after I began to hear it, you know, I've been listening to a tape all week and all of a sudden, hey, the brother's preaching on that. Brother Harold touched on that. And he brought this to it. And you know what that did? That strengthened me. That wasn't what I was doing in my place or what Brother Held was doing, but in between was the Holy Spirit, the chief shepherd. He was speaking. And then sometimes Brother Held would speak something, and he goes, and it's in such and such a tape. And I'm going, i got to go listen to that tape. And I would go back and listen to it, and again it strengthened me. And then there was times in my life where I, maybe the enemy was coming in and little things were coming and, and all of a sudden, Brother Harold just went down a, a, a path and he's just rebuking something and I'm going, hold it, that applies to me. How did he know? And I come to find out he never did know. He was speaking by inspiration. What was it? God working through an office. And if we have the confidence that God's working through that office, you can be benefited by it. Hey, Brother Brandon would say, you know, uh, a car is made, you can, you can put a car in a garage and park it there and protect it, but not everybody takes the benefit of that. And he says, God has given you a mind, a sound mind, a brain, but he says, not everybody takes benefit of that. He says, why? Because they want to do their own thing. They want to go their own way. Oh, friends, that is the spirit of the age. I'm not saying you had to knuckle under. Be led of God. But make sure it benefits you. And remember, don't think more of yourself. I got this. I've been here for many years. I'm doing okay. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of times you're going to need to trust in God as he comes some other place. And you know when I knew Brother Harold was my pastor? When Satan was coming and just leading me and the Holy Spirit came and corrected. And I said, okay, that's my pastor. And I said, I'm a part of this church. Yeah, up till then, yeah, I'm attending, but I knew that was God and working through an office. Okay, let me go further here. Little ones, you grow up. The sister, little sister that sang this morning, that doesn't just happen. The, the, the families and the homes, God gives an order, gives a basis, devotion. Little ones, this is the most innocent thing that ever could be. I'm holding little Micaiah this morning, and I'm going, what a gem. What, do, do Andrew and Sharon really know what they've got here? I'm sure they do. 
Uh, the grandparents know they traveled all the way from eastern Canada to get here. I don't know what happens. Grandparents, they're always like, like they used to be parents and be that, that, that. But when they're grandparents, they just go mushy and they just come here. I've witnessed it. That'll never happen to me. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, if you get this tape, uh, I'll confess it, but it does happen, okay? Even the older sheep, there's an innocence about them, right? The children in your home, the brother, sister, think the best thoughts of them. The enemy wants us to point to the prickly part. Think the best part. Everything is calm. Every fear is left. When the lily of the valley, the opium, you have this in you. Every pain is gone. Sickness is gone. The deaf hear. And he says, the dumb speak, the blind. So all of these things are all part of it. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So there are prickly parts in the path. There are parts that are not easy for the sheep to navigate. So in this, in this, this, this uh, shepherd who had been in the Holy Land, he describes this one, one area, and he, and he talks about it, how it's coming down. He said, there's a valley of shadow of death in the Holy Land. It's from the Jericho Road leading from Jerusalem to the Dead Sea. It's a narrow place, climactic and grazing conditions make it necessary for the sheep to be moved through this valley for seasonal feeding. It's four and a half miles long. Its side walls are 1,500 feet high. It's only 10 to 12 feet. Travel through the valley is dangerous because its floor is badly eroded by cloudburst. It has deep gullies. Footing is difficult. It's an unwritten law of shepherds. They must go up the valley in the morning hours and down towards the evening tide. Mules have not been able to make this trip for centuries. But sheep and goat herders from the earliest testimonies have maintained a passage for their stock. We have not gone this way before. Yes, we have the message. Thank God for the message. But we also need the Holy Spirit when things come to us. Lord, we need you on the scene. And God works and speaks through the body. Now he says there's many wild dogs lurking in here. You know, sometimes... The leader may come upon a dog, unable to retreat. The leader bars a warning. The shepherd, skilled in throwing his rod. Now, I want to just take this quickly. Sometimes a sheep falls. The shepherd goes and picks it up. He doesn't leave one behind. Friends, I'm, I'm bringing all of this from the Lord Jesus Christ. I, a brother just shared a testimony. And it was Brother Joe Adams speaking a testimony from the meetings that were held at Brother Ron Spencer's. But it was a man who had grown up in the message. He'd gone away from the message. Lived in an alternative lifestyle, to put it politely. Been that way for 19 years. And somebody, everybody would have given up hope on somebody like that. But somebody invited him. He says, you need to come to these meetings. And at these meetings, God delivered him. If you want the clip, I'll share the clip with you. And, and, and the whole thing was never, never give up. 
Jesus is the chief shepherd. He will never give up. And I would say, friends, and I, I just wanted this to be honest, it's not all about do's and don'ts. It's not all about you got to dress this way and act this way. Yeah, that'll come. But we also need to have our heart open. And sometimes we become so legalistic that we, we don't even look at a, a wounded sheep that's coming in and have the grace for that sheep. Friends, let God change our hearts. If we have become so legalistic that we can't even help someone, we are in the wrong place. The chief shepherd, that needs to be reflected in a local shepherd, in a people, the sheepfold. What if somebody comes in through Brother Marshall's little effort? Are we going to look at them sideways? They're not dressed the right way. They're not this. And, and how easily we, we stand on the lofty point and look down. I think we need to come down here and say, welcome. May God help you. May God bless you. Let's not just be, well, this is what you got to, you got to understand this. You got to understand this. Let God deal with a heart. Let God change a heart. Let's be loving. Let's, let's have a burden to enter in. I feel we want to see prodigals come in. But are we actually ready to have prodigals come in and will they be welcomed if they come in? Or will they say, you got to go through the 10 steps of repentance. You got to do this and this. That's not what the message is. The message is, let thy sheep come into the fold. Bring the lost ones in. Friends, let's get, let's go deeper on our knees. Let's have more of a heart. And if we haven't, then let's repent and say, God help us. And the church said, Amen. Thank you. Wounded sheep. There's a number of messages Brother Branham would speak. But brother, he says he'll take the sheep and he'll put them around his shoulders. Because that's the strongest part, that's the most secure part. And that's where he'll carry them. Now the rod is a relatively short, heavy, club-like vehicle. It's kind of something that people put as a lock on their steering wheels to help their, their cars. A staff is a longer, thinner, with a hook or a crook on one end. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. The rod is used for one thing, the staff is used for another. So the rod, sometimes there's, here, here's an enemy coming. Well, that, that, that is a pretty good tool. If you can't get close, you can, you can fling it. If, if you can club something, you'll club it. But when something comes in, thy rod. You know what my confidence in the message is? It's not that Brother Branham said, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. No, my confidence is that when I'm not right, God will use the rod even on me and the spirit that's on me, and I say, thank you, Lord. I needed that correction. That's my confidence. But at the other hand, there's also a staff. And the staff is used. It's a longer thing. It's a long stick. It's to show his love for the sheep. 
And he says he rubs it across a sheep's back and he pulls it with a, with a shy lamb closer. The rod and the shaft and the staff make the sheep feel safe. So sometimes you feel him just reining you in a little bit. Sometimes you don't have to beat everybody over the head. Yeah, you, you, you didn't get that right, bonk. No, sometimes it's like, listen, come here. Let, let me, you know, I, I like it when, when Apollos was a mighty preacher, and, and I think it was Aquila and Priscilla that were in his meetings. And Apollos, he was, but he didn't have the full revelation of the message. So here's Apollos, he was a mighty preacher. And he preached and he expounded knowing nothing but the baptism of John. And he preaches it, and they're sitting back there in the service. You know what? They didn't sit there and say, oh, he's so shallow. <laughs> no, they didn't do that at all. They didn't come after him and said, you need to get right with the word. No, you know what they did? They came after the service. Hey, I liked the message. Can I, can I share something, another thought with you? And it says, they expounded the way of God more excellently. Now, what if they would have come in with a rod? I don't think they would have been received. Master, we saw two men not following you. Shall we call down fire on them? Oh, my goodness. He says, you know not ma what manner of spirit you are. You know what the Holy Spirit's doing? He's checking our attitudes. He's checking everything. You think, oh, Brother Ed's meddling. No, the Holy Spirit's speaking. I don't know where. I don't know how. He speaks to me too. And that's why I come to church. Sorry if you, you came and you didn't expect this this morning. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. So, a shepherd, he has this. i got to read it from here, and I've got it in two different devices here as I'm talking about it because I got it. He says, so, you prepare a table before me. So, he, he talks first about the, the plants the things that he, he goes to, but then he takes this part. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. At every sheepfold, there is a big earthen vessel of olive oil and a large stone of water, and the sheep come in for the night. They're led to a gate. The shepherd lays his rod. As each sheep passes by, he quickly examines it for briars in the eyes, snags in the cheek, or scratches. When such conditions are found, he drops the rod across the sheep's back and it steps out of line. Each sheep's wounds are carefully healed. Then the shepherd dips his hand into the olive oil and he anoints the injury. A large cup is dipped into the jar of water, kept cool by evaporation, never half full but always overflowing. The sheep will sink its nose into the water clear with its clear eyes, if fevered, it drinks until it's refreshed. That's what the Word of God does. Oh, God, help us to be all these things. God, help us to know the message, not legally also, but it's soothing and a balm. Let it be an encouragement. Let it be a blessing. Let it be an oasis. This is a shepherd putting that on a sheep, anointing it with, with oil. Oh, wouldn't, isn't that nice? Oh, my hair's going to get messy. No, don't worry about your hair. It's fine. So he says, anointing the sheep's heads with oil shields them from diddly insects. The anointing becomes symbolic of blessing and protection and empowerment. It would go on to say, now, if we read just a little more, I've got to quick, go quickly. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So a shepherd will always lead his sheep. 
Okay, so if we're not careful in our homes, in our churches, we drive the sheep. But we don't want to drive the sheep. I'm going to whip you into line. No, listen, I'm thankful the rod does that sometimes. But he also leads us. Jesus will not lead us where he himself doesn't go first. He will be there. He will lead you. He'll go before you. I, I think one, one of the, the, the most blessed things we have in our church is, is our song leaders and, and our musicians. And I'm so thankful that they enter in and that they lead us in worship. And that I would say if they're leading us, jump in with them. Follow them. Well, I don't feel like clapping. Just start a little bit. Tap your, do something, you know, and, and it'll actually do something for you. But let him, let him lead us. And I'm, I'm glad that God gave us the message in this last day. He gave us Brother Branham. He went before us. He, he walked before us. Let me get to this part. At the end of the day, there was this little stone fence. This was the sheepfold. This was where they spent the night. And as they spent the night, they would go in there, and there was a little door. And at the door, there was a shepherd. That's where he spent the night, at the door. He became the door to the sheepfold. And as he became the door, the sheep inside, they were happy. They were safe. I'm protected. I, I, I can have a good sleep tonight. He gives his beloved sleep. You ever been really tore up and something, you know, and you just can't get to sleep and your mind is racing? You just put on a tape or you put on some music and all of a sudden just that, that spirit comes in. Oh, it, you know, I, I think that's our God. That's the way he is. I'm the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Brother Brandon would just say this. I'm jumping in halfway through. A shepherd means just a herder. He said, yes, they could find anything. They all feed in the same pasture. They feed on the same texture of grass. But at nighttime, the shepherd goes to calling in the evening. It's only the sheep that take into the barn for the night. Oh God, he says, I want to be a sheep. I want to enjoy the blessings and eat the texture there. I want to be a sheep. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Surely your goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You mean your goodness and love doesn't follow me just when I'm young and healthy and strong? You mean it actually does it when I'm over 50? Yes. Oh, I feel sorry for you, Brother Ed. You're over 60. I mean, you're ancient already. Ah, so what? I used to think I was ancient until I got here. And then I realized there's a lot of others in front of me yet still. And they're, they're, they're not so ancient. I'm part of that group now. Oh, my goodness. Some of you, are, you haven't been there. Wait till you get there. Yeah. He leads us. He goes before us. He leadeth me. He knows how to lead. He knows how to do these things. Okay, you can turn the PowerPoint off. Go with me quickly to John chapter 10. We'll close with this. We've had a busy morning, but let's just let's take these few verses as we close. And like I said, I'm going to pick this up next week. I'm going to drop these couple of things in. John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door to the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. 
Now just listen to this quickly. So, and I just want to drop these couple of principles in. We'll pick them up next week again. So verse 1. Verily, verily, he that enters not in by the door. So the door, remember, we just took a picture. The door to the sheepfold is Jesus Christ. The door to that is, is what he is. The door is his word. So you can crawl over the fence, because it actually says, if you enter some other way, you are not, and it's actually further in, in the chapter, but you can enter in some other way. But the real true shepherd enters by the door. Now this, there's an earthly reflection of the heavenly. So the door is Jesus Christ. So we come through the door. Anybody who's called to be a shepherd goes through not by politics, but he goes through by the door. He goes through by the word of God. He goes through like David did, with a burden for the word. Because he has a, the interests of the sheep in his mind. So he comes and and the door, what is the door? It's all the aspects of the word. It's not just, if it's baptism, it's not just Matthew 28. But the door is also Acts chapter 2. If you present one, you don't present the full door. The, the, all of these things are there, and we are there to present the full door. Okay, now, now it's the burden of the word that we're holding. I, listen, I'm, I'm going to just try and get to one or two points. But he that enters by the door, verse 2, is the shepherd of the sheep. Now this isn't just referring to the Lord Jesus. Because he is the door, but somebody's entering into the door. So there's one who is under the, the shepherd. Listen, you, you can, I'm, I'm not going to go there, but you read 1 Peter chapter 5. And it would talk about the others that, that, that come in and he would say, the elders are among you. Feed the flock among you. Taking the oversight, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but in samples to the flock. I'm, I'm thankful for all the years we had Brother Harold as an entrance. And I would say, he preached the word. He was the door. That the, word, the door is Jesus Christ, but he came in by the door. He didn't come in by politics. And I, I think we need to have that always before us. He that enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Listen, I, you might say, Brother Ed, well, this is natural. Okay. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 the anointing you have received is of God. You need not that any man teaches you. No, you don't need that any man teaches you. But then you say, in other words, oh, I'm good. I got the Holy Spirit. I'm good. No, you're a sheep. Because the same God also put, that's not the full door. The same God also put Ephesians chapter 4. And I will send gifts down. And these gifts are there for the perfecting of the church. And part of those gifts was teachers. So why would God said, you need not any man teach you, but why would he put teachers in the church? Years ago, I met a man from another church, and he said, we've had a perfect message, and now we have a perfect teaching. I said, oh, you're referring to so-and-so. So that's the teacher in the church? Okay, where's the rest of them? You don't need any more. The Bible says teachers, not just one. God uses men. God uses vessels. 
Oh, well, I got the chief shepherd. Where is the other shepherd, the one that comes here to fulfill John chapter 10? Because there has to be that also. Brother Matson Bose was a, was a brother who was in Chicago, came out of the message, uh, came out of the world into the message, came out of denominations, and, and, and Brother Branham came to Chicago, and he talked to him, and he says, we are now looking, how, how do we go? We've left this church of four or 5,000. Where do we go now? And he says, what must we do? And here's what Brother Branham would say. Find a man to be a shepherd that has no reputation at all. A real, good, genuine, sweet, humble brother that lives the life and God will take care of the rest. A good pastor that'll just feed the sheep and be humble than things and God will take the rest. Outside of that, cutting this, doing this, that it'll never work. He said every piece in the church must come together and we're a part of it. If we see the time we're living in, we may be closer than we think. So he says, and I'm winding with this here. He that enters in not by the door is not the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth. Now you can actually go in the Eastern traditions. A porter was one who was at the, the wedding feast. A porter was one who um, would give the garments to people that would go in. In other words, he would give them the ticket going in. So if you come in by the door, who else is there? The porter the Holy Spirit. And if you come in by the door, you need the Holy Spirit to properly enact what God wants. So I'll say this. There's an anointing that rests upon shepherds. I, listen, I, I, I've, I, Brother Harold and I have conversed many times and we would talk about situations and, and different things and, 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 and I would just catch it sometimes. Well, how did you know that I just see it in the service. This, this is governing this and this. And, and you know what? Sometimes the shepherd picks up on things because the Holy Spirit opens to him. Listen, the sheep don't see the danger coming many times. But God anoints a man and he begins to speak on it. I, I, I don't know if, if, if you can go back, but when we had our church dedication, it's almost 30 years ago, we had Brother Donnie Reagan come and speak for us, and he spoke a series of messages. And he spoke messages like, and it was in May, no, it was May, I think it was in April of, ni 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 yeah, April 1992, we had a church dedication. But he spoke some messages, and, he's, and he would throw out comments like, men can take years planning to split a church. And three months later, it all happened. Now, either that was God speaking, or what was it? Friends, we need this Holy Spirit. We need to be warned from the danger to come. We need to have these offices working. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm way beyond time, so let's have the musicians come. I'm, I'm, and I hate to leave it like I'm leaving it, but I said I'm going to pick it up next week. There is, God has these things for us. I've benefited from it in my life. I want to keep benefiting from it. I want the church to benefit from it. I want to hear the truth. I'm, I'm thankful for the brothers we got. And I would say, we stand together. We stand together. We work together. And, and we all have different anointings. We have different things we fulfill. We have different aspects. Not every pastor is a cookie-cutter pastor. But they have different ways about them. 
I, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit next week. I'm sorry if I just left it there. How many love the Lord? Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> can, you, can you put yourself in there? I shall not want. I know he's going to take care of me. He took care of us all these years. He'll keep taking care of these things. He, he guides me as I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. How does he guide me? I, I love it sometimes when I'm, I, I just feel something's going to come and all of a sudden a quote comes across me. And I go, Lord, that was you. A brother sends something. A brother calls. That's the God in the body. Come to a service and a brother speaks something. That's God in the body. Let's stand together. Let's sing, He leadeth me, He leadeth me. <coughs> he leadeth me, He leadeth me by His.